I can't believe you're actually doing mouth exercises. Like, I, I, I haven't seen you do this on Pokemon. Because <laughs> it's funnier on Pokemon when we flub our words. You've clearly never listened to this show. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Mind you, I, also, I do also edit so that we sound like fucking geniuses. <laughs> I feel like now you're just... <laughs> Dragging it out. A little bit. <laughs> now my jaw feels underleveled. Oh, it's so loose. I should do this for Pokemon and other shows, too. It's really unfortunate you're not recording all this great footage. Yeah. Footage. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, do, a, we'll do an Instagram story of just you making mouth movements. Mm, mm, take, get, get them all out of the way. Are we actually ready now? I guess. Okay. Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, a podcast where we take our favorite properties and reboot them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner and I use they, them pronouns. And today we have another special guest, another repeat offender. Hi, I'm Ryan. I use <laughs> he, him pronouns. Oh, I was, I was about to give you your, uh, your, your epithets. Your, your subtitles. Oh. Your, your, your subclasses. Hold on, hold on, we'll go back. Go back at that. <laughs> he's a dope DJ with a light kitten, and he's kind of fun. You might even say he's super fun. It's Ryan. Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ryan, and I use he and him pronouns in that order. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> the he becomes before the him? Him become man? Himbo? Are you a himbo? No. Are you are you using our podcast to come out as a himbo? I no. You heard it here from I'm not hot. <laughs> You've heard it here first, folks. I'm not hot and maybe smart? I don't know. <laughs> oh, you're halfway there. Oh, sick. Ryan, you are smarter than you think you are. <laughs> I once took an IQ test, and it was like, Ayo, you're like above average. How above average? Like two points above average. <laughs> sick. I was going to say at some point that you should cosplay Jordy. Oh, you don't know who Jordy is because you got Shield. Yeah. Oh, Gordy. Oh, I, I've heard people calling him Jordy. Huh. Oh, yeah. The the the, the, he's rock, our, the, he, the rock gym leader. He's yeah, our, yeah. He's our thick boy. Yeah, he's the big boy. I'm totally down for that. Yeah. I saw him do like a flip, and I was like, "Yo, that's sick." Please don't do a flip. You'll die. No, I'm doing a flip. I will die. Oh Lord. Please go to a pool to do that. So before Ryan dies for the sake of cosplay, can you tell us why you're here? Well, I was pestered by someone. That is a fucking lie. 
You you were pestering her. You burst into her room at 1 a.m. and was like, can I be on the December 15th episode? Ah, uh, yes. I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> I also remember that I asked her to fetch you to get, like, to get your hint. And then when you got here, I was like, no, no, go away. I was wrong. I read the calendar wrong. Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> and then the no. second time I woke him up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So in the end, I was pestered. <laughs> I've been jerked around for months. <laughs> you haven't. I guess not. Anyway. Anyways, I am here bringing to you, people, and dog... Uh, thing I'm bringing to the table this time is, uh, we're gonna get serious a little bit. It's a little bit serious. Is it more serious than the spy that came in from the cold? I don't know. Because that was a fucking, uh, except for the five minutes where we talked about the circus, that episode was depressing. Okay, it won't be as depressing as that, but we are dealing with war. Yay! War is bad. War is bad. And the one game series that I have seen it like, well, actually, there's a couple, but the the one I really grew attached to that really decided to go hard on the whole war is bad message, being Bars and Arms, and that series doesn't have an ending right now. So I am here on Not If I Reboot You First, on the December 15th episode, here to bring you the ending of Birds and Arms that I want. And you'll find out why, specifically, December 15th. Okay, so why is, it, why is that important, Lindsay? Mr. So, History Major. <laughs> <laughs> because the following day will be the 44 minus, or 2019 minus 44. Um, 1944. 15, uh, 75? Yes. No. Right? 85? You know what? There's a five in there. <laughs> it has to be a five. I'd like to remind you once again that the math was the first class I ever failed. Smooth. 75. Yeah! You were right. I was wrong. It'll Same be, thing there. It'll be 75 years since the beginning of the Battle of the Bulge. Unfortunate name. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, really I, think about like, it. I was watching that video the other day. It was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Look, our, our great-grandpas weren't thinking that well no. back then. <laughs> then again, we, you've, you've seen that picture of the two dudes, and they got, like, the bazooka, and, one, and like, one's kind <laughs> yeah. of straddling it like it's his dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, humor has never changed. We are, is we that, are always the same. Is that what the name come from? Yeah. <laughs> it's my bazooka. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> Anyways, I won't go into the whole backstory of Birds and Arms, but I'll get to the nitty-gritty details of the thing. Okay. So, you play as Matt Baker, voiced by Troy Baker. No relation. Oh, yeah. I was about to ask, like, <laughs> this is Grandpa or something? No. Wait, no, okay. Actually, here's something, because I, I knew a little bit of what the situation was coming into this, but I have to ask, are these real people... Or no, these are fictional people, but there are real people in the series. But the main characters main are... Main characters are all fictional. This is Troy Baker's Warsona. Yes! <laughs> 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 I 
Uh, th- this is the, the character Troy Baker played when he was a child and played war with his friends. Hmm. Yeah. No. No. Uh, for one, Birds and Arms is developed uh, by Gearbox Software, so... Oh, they have a great reputation. Yeah. Excellent reputation. Nothing wrong with them. So one of the few changes I'm making is that Randy Pritchard is not at all a part of this thing. At all. Erased from history. We could probably just take Gearbox out of the question entirely. The sum of the parts are good, because they make good games. They just have a horrible goddamn leader. So take the leader away, you have a good development team. But also you could... I can't remember any specifics, but there have definitely been situations where IPs get shuffled around and end up with the same individuals, but under a completely different developer yeah. because people moved around and things got like bought and absorbed and cannibalized. And then they like went off and I'm going to start my own Bethesda. Yeah, kind of that, that kind of happens, but, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just say for simplicity's sake and say, I'm like, yes, like, all right, who under the Ubisoft banner gets the thing? It's made by the same people who we will assume are at Gearbox and the sex pests have been removed. They have been purged, one might say. Uh, yes, so... Also, keep Randy Pictured away from Zatanna. I feel like I should put that out there, too. Yeah. Just because of what I know about him. Yeah. Yeah. Randy, no. <laughs> Randy, please. Put the USB stick away. Don't leave it at the medieval nights. Every, every time Randy Pictured does an action, it's more of a reason for aliens to just end humanity. Did you know that he likes magic? <sighs> that's why I brought up Zatanna. And, and I'm, that's why I'm saying, Randy Pitchford, do not interact. Oh, don't worry. They, he wouldn't have anything to do with Warner Brothers or anything. So. Good. Yeah. yeah anyway. You're fine. Anyways, well, let's just say for simplicity's sake. Gearbox is developing this thing without Randy Pitchford. Yes, he's, he's gone. Uh, so back, 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 to, back to the basics. So Matt Baker, he was originally a corporal in the military right before uh, D-Day, uh, and I, I don't remember when exactly this happens, but it kind of happened. They, they give a little backstory in uh, Road to Hill Thirty, uh, the first game in the series, that Matt got promoted. Uh, to sergeant after the previous sergeant got promoted to first sergeant of the company. So, Matt, not wanting to be the leader of the punch, he does not, he states this over and over in the start of every game that he's in, that I didn't ask to be squad leader. This is hard. (laughs) So he gets, like, he's in charge of keeping these guys alive. And you know what happens in the plane on the way to Normandy? Oh, some AA, some AA goes off and one of his guys dies. No. Instantly. I was like, all right, sick. Emotional baggage already. Uh, and then just over the course of, like, the the game, Bro Tale 30, uh, he loses a f- probably half of his squad. Over, And it is not portrayed as, like, Oh, they died these heroic deaths. So like last stands, like no, it's just sudden. It's just oh, bomb went off, guy dead. Oh, guys standing on top of a church with the guys, and they're just like shooting the shit, and then he gets shot in the head, just out of nowhere. And I, I don't think I really saw any games really portray it like that. 
It doesn't make you want to feel like a hero or anything. You're just yeah. you're just a guy. Yeah, I think they made it pretty clear that the characters do not have plot armor. No. This is sounding like it's edging closer to survival horror than any kind of FPS. Well, it, it also has, uh, like, overall the systems of the game, uh, it, it plays a lot like your standard 2000s FPS, uh, but you have, like, a squad control function. You, like, tell your AI where to go, who to fire on. It's actually, like, really in-depth, and it was made for consoles, so... Unlike uh, your traditional, like, RTS, where... It's something like Company of Heroes or StarCraft or something where you're controlling your whole units from a top-down perspective. You are a grunt on the field while also controlling your other grunts, in a sense. So it's actually kind of, kind of, it made it stand out. Uh, and eventually stuff happens uh, and there's a certain event. And this event comes into play in the last game uh, being... There's a character named Leggett. Leggett is not very well liked within the squad. Mm -hmm. He kind of butts heads with a couple of their other guys. It's just not very not a popular guy. Is he the shit pump? <laughs> no, like he like he's not really with the squad all that often, okay. but he's like he's a kind of a part of it. He's like the radio man. Okay. He's mainly with uh, the old squad leader Mac. Okay, so uh, it's more of a personality thing. It's more just clashing personalities. Like, yeah. him and specifically Alan, they don't get along that well. Alan likes Superman, uh, and Leggett likes Batman. Like, it's just, it's pe <laughs> petty shit. <laughs> petty, petty shit. Uh, and on one mission in particular, uh, Baker sends uh, Leggett with Alan and Garnett. And they're supposed to, like, go secure this farm. So the three of them go off, you do the rest of the mission, and then near the end of the mission, you just hear Leggett screaming for you to come over. Come over here. Uh, and you show up, Alan Garnett are dead. And Leggett's just, and there's a couple Germans also dead, and Leggett's just kind of like standing there just like, I don't know what happened. And in the later game, uh, Hell's Highway, uh, you get the flashback of what happened. Because throughout, because between Road to Hill 30, uh, Earned in Blood, and Hell's Highway, you don't really, like, you, the player uh, playing the game, you don't know what happened. But Baker knows what happened because he probably talked to Leggett about this. But every, but from whatever everyone, everyone else is talking about in the squad, they also don't know. Because Obviously, Baker hasn't told anyone what Leggett saw. In fact, in the later cutscene in Hell's Highway, uh, we find out that when Leggett's finished talking, he just tells the squad, uh, Baker tells the squad, he saw nothing. Hmm. So there's like this side story going on of like, okay, what happened here? What happened? And the players, we don't know it. The squad doesn't know it. Only Baker knows, which is kind of, it's neat having this kind of like a... And it hasn't been revealed? It was revealed oh, okay. later on. In Hell's Highway, it is revealed what exactly happened, and is that Alan and Leggett got in a fight. And they just, uh, Leggett just like punched Alan out, and then it was around that time, 
where a squad of Germans show up. They kill Garnett, who is Alan's best friend. Alan uh, kind of recovers and uh, basically... This is like one of the very few hero moments that ever happened in the series, where you see that Alan just kind of wipes out these other Germans while also getting shot up a little bit. So he dies. And all of that emotional baggage that Leggett just saw two of his squadmates die, and the last thing that Alan said, his final words to Leggett were, I'm sorry, Kevin. That That's Leggett's first name. Okay. Yeah, everybody goes by their last name. Last names. names. Okay. <laughs> it's a thing. It's, it's just a thing. So, all of that, all of a sudden, like, Everything is kind of his fault in a sense. He just takes it all as his fault. Right, survivor's guilt. Survivor's guilt, exactly. Uh, and back in Road, and Hill, Road to Hill 30, the game ends with uh, you in the uh, Battle of the Bloody Gulch, which is actually portrayed in Band of Brothers as the last yeah. scene, the last fight in Carentan. Yes. So, so this is still June. Yeah, still June. This is only a few days into the whole invasion of Normandy. Okay. There's a lot of moving parts with that one. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of crazy. It's this crazy operation that shouldn't have worked, but <laughs> did. It's It's kind of incredible that it happened. But, because of all this guilt, and you kind of see it through the rest of Hill 30, that uh, Leggett's just torn apart, that no one knows, and he can't tell anyone what he knows. And that is tearing him apart. So, during the Battle of Bloody Gulch, he's trying to get, like, any sort of support. Like, there's German tanks kind of heading straight for them, just overrunning their position. And at some point, he just kind of gave up and just grabs his sidearm, which is, uh, that's another thing. The, the, it's a bit of a MacGuffin. It's a MacGuffin that is the cursed sidearm. This cursed uh, Colt uh, M uh, M one nine eleven. So this thing was given to Matt. It was given to Matt Baker uh, by his father, and his father uh, he like Matt wasn't really allowed to keep it, so his dad kept it for a while. He dies with the gun in hand. So when Matt eventually goes to Europe and stuff. He takes the gun with him. Mm -hmm. And eventually he's just he just kinda doesn't want it. Cause he just he doesn't feel like he's uh, worthy of it in a sense. Uh and he like gives it to his buddy, George Reisner. Uh and I believe Re yeah, Reisner, he was a tank commander, and he died uh holding the gun. Oh, okay. So the gun makes its way back to Matt, and uh, I think, again, he dumps it off. He doesn't want this thing. So I believe Alan picks it up, and he takes it. And, like, it's shared around, like, a, a bunch of the, the guys in the squad. And basically, anyone who touched that gun dies. Dang. Yeah. 
So Allen and Garnett both touched it. They die. And Leggett kept the gun. So in the Battle of the Blake Gulch, uh, Leggett, done with everything, he just starts firing the gun and shouting, Take me. Take me. And the tank show goes off. He's dead. And during this whole part, you're actually wounded. And you're just kind of like lying there, like a little bit shell-shocked. And you, it's kind of a grisly scene of like, like it just kind of lying there dead. And the gun sitting right there. <laughs> this gun has a mind of its own. <laughs> it is a vengeful spirit. It's like... Something from a Stephen King novel? Um, oh, Stephen King wouldn't go for a cursed gun. That's too obvious. He'd have like a cursed guitar or, yeah. or, or a cursed car or a cursed guitar that was made from a cursed car that got melted down. A cursed set of boots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> these, these boots were made for rocking and also killing, apparently. He, had, he, had, he did have a pair of cursed wind-up teeth. <laughs> but they were, they were very loyal to the owner, so... <laughs> so anyway, Leggett's dead. Leggett's dead. Matt he, gets the Matt gun. gets the gun back. He's just like, all right, now what? People are actually dying when they hold this thing. <laughs> like he doesn't really believe in the curse. What else he kind of believes in? And so the rest of the series, he's trying to find the witch that made the gun. Yes, <laughs> trying to find that son of a bitch. <laughs> Motherfucking John Browning made this thing. It's awful. I hate it. <laughs> So, fast forward a couple months to September. We're now in Hell's Highway. Uh, they're dropping into Holland. Uh, there's Operation some Market Garden! Yay! Uh, no. Oh, yeah, that's a bad one. Yeah. That's um, a bad one. It was a joint American-British operation to liberate the Netherlands and the Low Countries, and it went badly because the generals were all prima donnas. Yeah. Especially Monty. Monty wanted his uh, his win. Yeah. Even though Pan was busy pushing through France into Germany. So what ended up happening is the Canadians had to come in and liberate Holland, and that's why every year Ottawa gets like thousands of tulips. Huh. Yeah. Well, we were also um, we also had the Dutch royal family staying in Ottawa at the time, and one of their princesses were was born not far from where I was living previously. Where you were living. Yeah, like the hospital was like up the road from where I was. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. And then she got switched to birth and you're the secret princess of Holland. Uh, I am secretly like 80 years old. <laughs> oh my god. She's a witch. <laughs> you made the gun. You made the gun. Yes, I am actually eternal. <laughs> um... So, more so, bad. Sorry, um, what's your Wi-Fi? Because I don't have any internet right now. Oh. It's on the... Here you go. Thank you. All right. While well, you punch that in. So, fast forward a couple months. We are in September. It's uh, we're the, There's been some shuffling going on. Uh, uh, Matt's best friend... Matt Baker's best friend, Red, uh, Hardsock, is a... Uh, and yes, he has red hair. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course he does. Uh, he's promoted to sergeant. He uh, leads uh, the second squad. And some uh, shuffling goes on so that squads are even. They get uh, some replacements here and there. Uh, one of them being a, I believe he's 17, uh, Frankie. 
Frankie's, well, he's just, he's, he's kind of like, uh, he's a little pushed around because he's the kid in the, kid in the company. Yeah. Lied about his age and all that. And I wouldn't say the brightest bulb. No. So, Frankie being a kid, he's, uh, uh, ah, shit, Lindsay, help me out here. He falls in love with a pretty girl and... Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll get to that. Yeah. So, Matt kind of entrusts Frankie and the care of Frankie to his uh, second-in-command in the squad, uh, Sam Corian. Uh, Corian's been passed up for promotion a couple times here and there. Uh, him and Matt have been corp- were corporals under Mac, and he's... Been kind of like Matt's rock in a sense. Well, Red's more of the rock, but like, oh my god, getting my stuff all mixed up. There's a lot of moving wires here. There's actually a lot of characters. Basically, drama, 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 drama. People die. People die. Yes. Yeah. So, because Corian has been passed up a few times, he's kind of like itching for that promotion. Uh, and Matt says at one point at the start of the game, like, it's just something in his eyes. Something that is just it doesn't sit sit right. And he's just not ready for it. Uh, and throughout uh, Hell's Highway, uh, Matt is constantly haunted by Leggett. Like I mean, the ghost of Leggett yeah. shows up, <laughs> and it just taunts Matt, taunts Matt for his failing. It's like, oh, you let me die, asshole. You let me die. How could you do that? How could you ruin my life? Mm. I'm dead now. So. Uh, I said I wouldn't, wouldn't make this all, like, lore shit. But I guess I kind of have to for, for just a little bit more before we get into the next game. So. Matt, being, uh, trying to lead the, lead what's left of his squad, uh, basically, he's, like, he's, he's dealing with this fucking shit of, like, he's going crazy. He's kind of going crazy, a little bit. <laughs> Lots of PTSD going on, and, uh, yeah, he's kind of a, uh, bit of a wreck, a little bit. He's just trying to keep it together. Uh... And throughout Hell's Highway, yeah, you're haunted by Leggett, and you and it's actually like shown in a couple times in the game. If you pay close enough attention, you'll see like Leggett just like in the corner, or just like show up out of the corner of your eye. And uh, throughout uh, Hell's Highway, you actually don't lose too many guys. You only uh, you only end up uh, losing Frankie. Dipshit kid, yeah. So, during, uh, while you're in Eidenhoven, uh, the Germans bombed the living hell out of the place. Yep. So, Frankie, uh, him and Corian were kind of bunning heads a couple times throughout the game, and it's at this point where Frankie, oh, this, this cute girl, this cute Danish, uh, not Danish, uh, Dutch. Dutch girl, uh, she kissed me and everything, and he's going to go save her. <laughs> hard eyes, motherfucker. Hard eyes. Ugh. 
and Corian tries to stop him. But then Frank is just like pleading, just, just let me save this one. Just let me save this one. And Corian doesn't stop him. So Frankie takes off, and it's up to Matt to chase him down, and they end up, uh, he ends up uh, getting separated from the squad, and he ends up at this uh, hospital, almost like an asylum a little bit. This, this part of the game actually does feel like a bit of a survival horror kind of thing, because you're like, you're all alone, and there's enemy everywhere, and... Everything's on fire. Everything, everything's on fire, except for here, where it's just dark and scary. So eventually you find Frankie, who's been fighting his way through this place, and he's all shot up. And he's just kind of slumped over, and just like, I'm sorry, Sarge. Did she make it out okay? And when you first showed up to the place, yeah, the, the, the German shot the, shot the girl. <sighs> yeah. So Matt says, she's fine. She's okay. And you know what Frankie says? Liar. Ooh. Just twist that knife. Just twist, just twist that knife a little bit. Oh, I forgot to mention that uh, there, there's a bit of a prologue start of the game where it shows, uh, it shows the scene, but from a different camera perspective where you don't see who's uh, the soldier who is dying, which is Frankie. Uh, so you don't know who Matt's talking to at that point. So now that you know, it's like, oh, Frankie, oh, no. Uh, sorry for the depression. I'm so sorry for the depression listeners and Tanner. I was a little hesitant coming on to this show about this one. Then you, you could have done anything else. Look, I saw an opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> so. We can't always be lollipops and lightness, okay? The next time I'm coming on here is going to be a real fun one. I swear. I swear. <laughs> That's a reboot of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so. Now with the baggage of. Oh, now I have a teenager who died. Uh, and it's also at that point, uh, you managed to be saved by Red, who also just happens to be at the asylum? It, it's one don't of those, think about it. Don't, don't think about it. Don't think about how you've got there before you. I don't know. Either way, Red saves you, and then you, uh, you guys try and leave the place, and a uh, a bomb goes through. You're you're, you're kind of in this like a uh, classroom, like yeah, university like classroom, an auditorium, like an auditorium, auditorium area like, with that's big, like where dissections get uh, demonstrated. Yeah, there's a big glass roof. Well, a bomb goes through the roof, but gets hooked on something, and it's just like swinging there, menacingly, <laughs> <laughs> while you're just kind of like standing there. There's also one thing about Hell's Highway that I didn't really like is that. For some reason, they decided to make uh, certain things a lot more Hollywood, in a sense. Oh. So, like, it was a lot more grounded and just kind of like this raw telling of just people in this war in the first two games. And then Hell's Highway, like, oh, you throw a grenade, and sometimes it will, like, zoom in, slow down, and show 
the the, the big kaboom and a, a German will have a leg fly off. And it's like, this doesn't fit with the tone of this series at all. What the hell are you doing? Come on, guys. Come on, guys. You had something really good there. I So, in my future game, that's gone. Fuck that. That's terrible. I don't like that. No Michael Bay here. No, get that Michael Bay shit out of here. This, this is not a fun, shooty game. This is just some this guys is, trying to get home. This, yes. Yes. So, it's at that point when you're kind of just lying there watching this uh, bomb swing around uh, that these three Germans walk up to you. And you, like, shakily hold up the fucking cursed gun. And you just hear a gunshot. And you see from Red's perspective, who runs into the room, it's just Baker dry firing at nothing. Ooh. And he's just like, Matt, there's no one there. It's like, I, 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 I don't know what to do. <sighs> yeah. So then tensions kind of start rising between Baker and Red. That Red's like, you are losing your mind. If you weren't trying to be everyone's best friend, you wouldn't have people dying all the time. Which is... Fake and wrong. It's a war. Yeah, a little bit. But yeah. also Red has had... Uh, actually, he, he, he had a casualty in Ironhoven too. So there's another part of this game. Another little side story. <laughs> bit, where there's a character named Paddock. Paddock... Uh, is, he's good at predictions. <laughs> he's got this weird sixth sense mm-hmm. that, and he thought that before they flew to, uh, uh, Holland, that the way the squad was set up, that two guys were going to die. That being Marsh and Fryer. So Marsh dies in Eidenhoven. And then in a later uh, chapter in Hell's Highway, uh, Matt and uh, Red are arguing, and a couple of the other guys are there, that being Campbell and Fryer. And a mortar hits the, the, the building that they're in, kind of collapses on them. Uh, Baker survives, his face is all cut up. Uh, Campbell takes like a piece of shrapnel to the neck, but survives and loses his voice. To be fair, the neck is a bit tougher than people get credit for. Yeah. Uh, I don't like throat stuff. (laughs) No, it's not great. Uh, Red is paralyzed from the waist down, and Friar's killed. So once again, (sighs) Paddock was right. Somehow. Stop predicting stop, death! Stop that. He's the witch! He's the witch. He, he made the gun. It all makes sense now. Okay, also, since I have zero familiarity with this, I can't... I, have you started talking about your reboot, or is this still stuff that happened in the games? Still stuff that happened in the games. Okay. We can fast forward through some We've, of this. That's, I'm basically getting to the end of this. So, after Red gets uh, wounded, and he's out of the war... There's a there's a little scene where Baker's just kind of like sitting there in the rain, his face <laughs> bloody, like just blood everywhere, uh, and he's just like, like Red's his best friend, and he thinks his friend is almost dead, 
And he is basically asking God, why aren't you taking them? Why aren't you taking me? <sighs> this is actually like, like, I, I was kind we were of... say, saying to me the other day when we were talking about uh, this stuff, it was like, the performances of these characters are fucking incredible. Yeah, because we got onto the topic of how Voltron shit the bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I will maintain, I am very glad I only watched the first two seasons of that show. Yeah, Voltron would have been way better if Shiro saw the other paladins just die in front of him. It would have been better if Shiro died. <laughs> yes. And was so, dead. Sometimes characters are better off dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Baker's having this moment where he's just asking God, why aren't you taking me? And you hear, uh, and then he's just asking, you can't have Red. You can't have him. And Frank Frankie says, well, I still died. <laughs> and then he's just like, you can't have him. And then you hear Red say... <laughs> That's just another promise you can't possibly keep. <laughs> it's like, 12-year-old me is like, oh! <laughs> oh, yeah! Why were you playing this when you were 12? Listen, I was a... T- uh, <laughs> answer, I was... Hang on, hang on. <laughs> Give me your phone, I'm gonna FaceTime your dad. Dawn? <laughs> Listen... Our parents Listen. trusted us with emotional maturity much more than... I watched Band of Birds when I was like eight. <laughs> I watched Saving Friday when I was seven. <laughs> Do you see why we're numb? But back then, war was cool. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't get it. It's like I didn't I didn't have the emotional maturity to know that this is like a man fucking tortured by his grief. Yeah, then yeah, you then Troy Matthew Baker reaches out the television, grabs grabs you by your hair, says, Listen here, you little shit. <laughs> it's not all calls of duty and medals of honor. To be fair, I played those beforehand, but they made it more real cool. <laughs> Which is really bad. It's really bad that they did Stop that. It. Fucking now, who, who is it now that is like, hey kids, you know what's cool? Sarin gas. No. <laughs> which which one is doing that now? Uh, well, Mel of Honor doesn't exist anymore. Okay, uh, so it's so Call of Duty. Just Call. Hey, you, you Call of Duty like you know what kill streaks you should get for killing like eight people? White phosphorus and literal Marines are like. Maybe you shouldn't do that. But that the Pentagon like is bad. like, have all this money, it's going to recruit so many 16-year-olds. Uh, you can buy so many Dodge Chargers. <laughs> Fuck. So many. Yeah. Fuck the Pentagon. When I was 12, <laughs> I watched Gundam. I was like, oh man, that robot is so cool. <laughs> While it was shooting over me saying, war is bad. <laughs> Imperialism bad. <laughs> so, I think it goes without saying that the U.S. military and indu- well, all military industrial complexes can go fuck themselves. They all can. They all literally can. It's all evil shit. But anyway, you also now understand Ryan and I's emotional numbness. Yeah. 
We got You're not emotionally no okay, well you might be a little emotional. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan cried it inside out. He and needed that, to hold on to me. That was literally dealing with emotions! <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Matt finally is like, fuck this gun, so, fuck the curse. I hate everything. <laughs> so literally and the, fuck uh, everything. The last little bit of this. There's so many plot threads going on here. But the last little bit is that there's a member of Baker's squad who's constantly pushing him because he knows what happened to Leggett, Allen, and Garnett. Okay. That being Dawson. Dawson is a former British Pathfinder. So he was in a completely different unit and he transferred over to the U.S. Uh, paratroopers. He used, to, he, used, he used to be a paladin, now he's multi-classing. Yes, <laughs> yes, he wants to be a sky paladin. <laughs> <laughs> Dawson, yes. So Dawson met Leggett on his own once. And Leggett told him everything. Because he's torn up all over this shit. So he just confines to Dawson Hey, can you keep a secret? And Dawson is constantly through Hell's Highway asking you, what's the deal with the gun? What? And then at one point he just asks you, you know a Kevin Leggett? And it's just, how the hell do you know that? <laughs> so, and he's just constantly pushing... Matt to just tell everyone. Tell everyone what he knows. It's better for him, and it's better for, like, the squad. It's it's just one of those, like, things where it's just like, he's he's the physical manifestation of his conscience. And it's just, just do it. Just get it out. Be fucking open, you stupid macho asshole. Toxic masculinity ruins the party again. Yes. It, it will get you killed. So, at the end of the game of Hell's Highway, Matt is just kind of fucked. Uh, and you have this scene where he's kind of sitting on his own. And, like, it's ghost walks out like, <laughs> oh, what if this isn't a familiar scene? <laughs> Matt, the unkillable Matt Baker. Uh... Sitting here all alone, and he's just like, "What the hell do you want?" And he's he's having straight up conversation with Leggett, and it's just this like ripping the, the roast of Matt Baker at this point, <laughs> where he's just like, "Well, Matt, you've gone through hell already. How do you feel about snow?" <laughs> <laughs> and then That's the funny. red hot chili peppers start playing. Yep. <laughs> And all the while we shovel snow and yeah, actually it's been nice for the past while. So Hell's Highway ends with Baker giving a speech, which he doesn't really do all that often. He's not a speech guy. (laughs) (laughs) So he basically just tells everyone. Uh, he actually told everyone previously about what happened to Leggett. Uh, so everyone now knows what Matt did, what 
uh, like it did. What just everything? Everyone yeah. knows now. And Corian, at this point, he was wounded at one during one of the missions, and he basically just tells Matt, "We're not going to work together anymore. Fuck you. <laughs> you didn't tell me about anything. You asshole." Because Corian was also friends with was a close friend of Alan Garnett, so hearing how his he didn't know for a long time how his friends died. And Matt kept that from him. Mm. So Matt gives us an passionate speech of just about like it's what happened happened. This is the first time we've lost. This sucks. Because this is post Market Garden, and yeah. as, as we said earlier, Market Garden was a disaster. It was a disaster. Uh, even though uh, Baker only lost one man, that one man was enough to like damage him a mm-hmm. lot. Uh, and everyone's looking for something to blame, and he just kind of lays it out as like, it's just a damn gun. You can't blame everything that we've done on one thing. So many things have gone wrong for us. And he tosses that gun away. He just, like, just finish with it. Get rid of the baggage. Yeah. So now we start where I want to start. The next game, this unmade game. All right, you have 15 minutes. I got 15 minutes, okay. Goddamn! So, so, with all that backstory out of the way, game starts with that last impassioned speech. Baker tosses the gun. Camera pans over to the gun. Someone picks up the gun. Oh, that's that's a nice gun. To Matthew. Oh, whatever. Keeps it. We follow it. We follow the, the gun. That guy gets, that guy who picked it up, maybe he gets wounded or something. Passes off the gun to another guy. That guy dies or something. And maybe some fucking German dude takes the gun. Oh, treasure, basically. (laughs) Treasure. (laughs) Yeah. You have to remember, like, both sides, if they found cool stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pick your, get your loot. (laughs) Pick the loot. (laughs) It's kind of fucked. (laughs) Hans, Hans, look, loot boxes. Loot boxes. <laughs> Pay twenty nine ninety nine for ten of them. Oh fuck me. Ugh. No loot boxes here. This is single player only. So. Oh, there's not a zombies mode. No. So there's a couple factors that go into the Battle of the Bulge. One, it's winter. It's cold as fuck. This is Belgium, which I assume it has a similar climate to Canada. Actually, it's no. uh, warmer, Warm? but like it, this is one of the coldest winters on record. Oh, great! <laughs> yeah, so they're like, it does not normally get this cold. We are sorry. Because the Russian gun witch was like, <laughs> handle well, it. Well, the chill of the Russians were coming because this was so. Lindsay, history time. Yes. <laughs> and we can cut out some of the lore stuff, yeah, I yeah. guess. Um, so, the reason why the Germans were so keen on having a breakthrough on the Western Front was because the Russians were coming due to Operation Bagration. And I shall show you a map, and I will probably post this on the Instagram. So, watch your wine glass. <laughs> the Russians were moving a hell of a lot westward. Mm-hmm. Germany's right here, the Russians are right there. It's not good for the Third Reich. The Third Reich's on the... On, yeah, it's about... They're on the down. Yeah, this is like after Hitler almost got blown up. Yeah. Well, he was blown up, but he fucking survived. God damn it. Why can't you do anything right, Hitler? 
Just because you move a bag with plastic explosives to the other side of Of a table. Of a table. Yeah, this is a call-out post for Hitler. I'm not fond of him. (laughs) Not not a fan. Not a fan. Just gonna be gonna be clear about that. So the Germans are like, okay. Rhine is, like, right here. This is this other river that acts as our border between France and Germany. we got to make sure that the Allies don't cross it, so we're going to, like, move as many forces this way. But, of course, the Germans are incompetent and on meth. <laughs> I think the meth might have been running out at that point. Yeah, it was. on fumes. Oh, yeah, and this was the really good meth not made by, like, Jim Bob and his trailer. No. It's made a, a factory. Yeah. So, so gameplay and mechanics, cold comes into a factor. You and oh they, these guys, these guys don't have a lot of winter clothing. And their boots were fucking they, awful. They were the worst boots oh. you ever did see. Because some numbnuts over in Washington had the bright idea of, um, so with the boots, there's a layering of waterproofing on the outside of the of the leather. So someone had the bright idea of going like, oh, we'll put the waterproofing on the inside of the boot, but we'll have like the outside material. Facing outwards towards the ice and snow. Absorb. Yeah. There was a lot of trench foot and a lot of frostbite. You you want waterlogged boots? So minus 20? So you're looting boots from... From the Germans. You're looting what you can. Yeah. Yeah. Any sort of supplies. Yeah, you're trying to get like British Canadian boots. You'll loot the German boots. Is it size 10 like everyone else? (laughs) Alright, that's going on. You hope to God that those were boots looted from Russians because the Russians had the really Gucci boots made from deer skin. And all this time the ghost gun is being transferred from person to person. At some point a bird picks it up. It's like the opening five minutes of Disney's Dinosaur. Yeah, you see the life of the gun. You see the life of the... This evil fucking... Like, I want to almost lean into that spiritual aspect of it. There's a just a touch. Aura. I'm just like, how? No, how is this thing working? It's Christine. Listen, listen. It's it's the morning of one of the most important battles of the European front. There's a cursed gun that has been <laughs> dropped in a lake. And you are a horrible goose. <laughs> uh, Humanity's got a helmet. <laughs> so yeah, this is this is blasphemous to someone. Oh, sure, yeah, no. Uh, so, kind of leading into almost a survival mechanic of like you got to scratch and claw for everything you got. And oh yeah, you can't really light like fires regularly. Yeah, because then you'll just get bombed. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate. Uh, and for most of the game, uh, it's kind of almost a, almost a cliche that you can only die in a cutscene. Uh, which, yeah, I guess uh, maybe, like, I almost want multiple endings to this thing, depending on who survives. And almost like a trust mechanic, where, like, because of what your, your guys know what you did in the past... Some of them might probably don't trust you that much. Corian will remember this. <laughs> Corian will remember that. Uh, but, like, some of your guys, they're obviously getting on, like, fuck it, man, I'll stick with you. To, to the end of the line kind of deal. Uh, and maybe through certain decisions throughout the game, uh, your trust with your individual troops 
can either increase or de decrease. I don't know the specifics. We don't have a lot of time. Hang on. There's like an airplane or something. That's a helicopter. It's the Blitz. <laughs> Get around <our> the table. <laughs> Yeah, it's a helicopter. That's probably stars. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't have a lot of time. So, yeah, some sort of mechanic that, like, uh, depending on certain actions you do, your trust with your troops can either increase or decrease. Oh my god, it's like the friendship mechanic in Pokemon. Yes. <laughs> When do they, so when do they evolve? Uh, when do they, they, well, they get promoted. <laughs> you can promote your guys. Also, voice actor-wise, can we get um, the guy who played Sink? He's in the game. Yeah, Colonel Sink. So, yeah, like, like, I, like I said. Dale Die. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dale Die. Uh, so there are real people that they have, like, uh, almost showcased at a couple points. Uh, in the first game, you, uh, meet, uh, uh, a Medal of Honor recipient, uh, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Cole. Cole was, uh, led a bayonet charge, the last one in apparently modern history? I think there was a bayonet charge in Afghanistan. Yeah. But at that point, it was kind of like the last one. Yeah. This last, like, just straight up charge at the enemy with, with bayonet in hand. Yeah. Uh... He won the Medal of Honor because of that. Uh, it saved a lot of guys. And you kind of find out later that he actually died because of the sniper in Holland. So, yeah. Because no plot armor. No plot armor. Not in real life. That was a real person who died. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Robert Sink is a real person. He talked to him a bunch in Hell's Highway. Actually. Yeah. So you're part of Recon. So, basically, throughout the game, like, some of your guys, uh, maybe they die, maybe they don't. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to go name by name. But, like, all right, you're dead, and you're dead. Or No, no that's kind of boring. Uh, so, maybe depending on your decisions, you get different endings. And it depends on, like, who's left in your squad. I think, in my sense, the canon ending... Of Brothers in Arms, Hells, uh, Brothers in Arms would be depending on your decisions in this game, which I don't have a name for. I, I don't know, maybe just Crossroads. Yeah, because um, <clears throat> uh, you are part of the hundred uh, first, hundred first, and their big thing was at Foy, which was a town. Bastone. Oh, Bastone, and there was like how many roads went into? Oh, so many. It was the major crossroad town. Yeah, it was a major hub for all the local road systems. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Crossroads. Crossroads. That's a good name. Choose your own adventure. Yeah, even that too. That actually has a lot more meaning, I thought. So, my idea of the canon ending of Brothers in Arms, because that's what I mainly want. I just want closure on this series. And that is... Maybe maybe even at that battle in Foy, or at some point in Bastogne, near the end, uh, before Patton breaks through the line. Uh, Matt is wounded, and it's a wound that is like, no, he's he's out of the war. Maybe his leg gets blown off or something. Just some something that just takes him out of the war. And maybe 
during his, uh, while he's getting sent back, like, uh, somehow, my idea is just this last scene, and it's Matt on a stretcher, he's being sent to, uh, an aid station somewhere, and this is an after, after the battle kind of th situation, there's, uh, the, they've lined up, like, dead bodies, and that, this includes, like, Americans and Germans and stuff. And he just sees, on the holster, just in the hand, of one of those dead troops. Doesn't matter if they're American or German, whatever. Just sees in their hand, the gun, <laughs> lying there. And it's just that moment of just... <sighs> I'm done. Just... Out of life. No. No, this, this is too much. And just kind of resigns himself. He's, he's just through mm -hmm. with all of this. Mm -hmm. This has been too much. But as we said, choose your own adventure. Yeah. So Maybe, maybe there's other endings. Uh, maybe he just serves through the rest of the war. Because we know he, uh, in like the wiki and stuff, uh, we know he doesn't die. In the Second World War, like, he lived till he was about 80 or something. Yeah, they've given, like, full lives to these people. Because he has to uh, raise his grandson, Troy. Yes. <laughs> Troy, Troy Baker. It's Troy Baker. Uh, yeah, not go out like a punk like our cousin, George. Yeah, no. No, we don't want to go out like George. <laughs> I thought we talked about this. We don't... Cousin George died outside of Nijmegen because someone didn't like unload their rifle when they were cleaning. When they were cleaning it, and okay. this was a guy who survived DF and D Day, so it's oh. like we yeah. don't we don't need to talk about George. No, I, I'm pretty sure you have already. Yeah, on this show. No, I haven't talked about it on the show, but I do remember telling you about Cousin George. Okay. Sorry. No, that's fine. Uh. More or less, that's that's kind of it. What like I just want closure. You've been blue balled for ten years. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> just a just an ending. Maybe I don't even really want it to be like if it's satisfying or anything. Just an ending. Yeah. It just, just kind of like drives home that last point. Just war as hell. Or as hell, it ruined everyone's lives. Sorry, Tanner. It's fine. You don't have to fake it around us. No, I'm not faking it. <laughs> it's it's a, because you guys are so passionate about war. Well, okay, no, that came out wrong. That's not right. You're passionate about media that examines war. And I not, so it's hard to, for me to get really hype into it. No, no. Well, yeah, I get that. It's niche. Yeah. I thought you were about uh, to say it's neat. No. <laughs> no, it, no, it's niche. It's and... neat to, fat, to like analyze it and just like look at its intricacies. Yeah. And just like, oh man, this shit's gray as fuck. She's pretty fucking gray. I mean... It the, can the, be very black and white sometimes, but a lot of times, ooh, this shit's gray. Ugh, I don't like that. I mean, World War II had bad guys 
Yeah. But the good guys weren't always necessarily that great. No. Yeah, there's a gradient to the good guys. Good with an asterisk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of asterisks behind the Soviets. Yeah. And, like, it, there is, like, a usual comment of how ladies, if you're talking to a guy and one of his top interests is World War II, then that's a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it depends. depends. It, it depends on starts, why it's an interest. Yeah, if he starts sounding like a, a wearaboo. If, if, <laughs> if he's talking like he would on a barstool podcast, get out of there. <laughs> And here's how what I would have done if I was at D-Day. Well, you know what, you bastard? You would have died. You would have yeah. been shot. Because that's what most people did. You would have you would have puked your guts on the way over and then... And then get shot in the thing. In the boat. Yeah. 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 Wars are meat grinders. Please stop exploring um, the youth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there is a Sabaton song about the Battle of Ah, oh, I meant to listen to that and I forgot. Yeah. Ah. Probably because it's not as hype as the Wang Tassars. <laughs> not a lot of things can be as hype as that. <laughs> I mean, it just slaps you in the face with a fucking warhammer. <laughs> yeah, no, my favorite song by them is uh, The Price of a Mile. About Passchendaele. Oof. And I, I remember talking to uh, a friend of mine, Colin, about this, and we're just like, man, it's hard to make a song sound hype about Passion... Any, anything in World War One, really. Yo, okay, you know how they made a movie out of Passchendaele? Yeah. For the longest time, I thought it was just, like, a period romance. Because I had no <laughs> idea what Passchendaele was until we went to the museum in Ottawa, and I was like, oh, it's like Passchendaele. It's like they're dealing with their passions. In a dale. <laughs> I mean, that was 90% God, I wish I were you sometimes. <laughs> Life seems a lot more simple. <laughs> um, yeah, my favorite Sabaton song is Night Witches because that shit is fucking hype. Night Witch. Ah! Fighter of the Gun Witch. Ah! <laughs> That's a title if I heard one. <laughs> God damn it, guys. I also saw a comment that true crime girls are just the gender flip version of World War II boys. Ooh, Ooh called out. <laughs> I mean, if a girl starts gushing about Ted, Ted Bundy. Yeah. Yeah, run. Oh, uh, he's so hot, though. He looks like George W. Bush. <laughs> <laughs> Be like my grandma when she came across a high school photo of Trump. <laughs> oh, he looked good when he was younger. What a fucking waste. <laughs> Roasted by Grandma. Next level. Anyways, at that point, freaking, I don't even know if I want to do a friendship promo. I don't know if anyone wants to be associated with us talking I'm about sad sure. war shit. I'm not sure. Ryan, do, do your own friendship You know what? Promo. I'll do my own. How about a friendship promo right here, live. In the meat space. In the meat space. By the way, in case this episode sounds different, it's because it was recorded in the meat space and because Ryan edited it. I did what? I, it's it, the, 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 I want to trim some fat, but I trust you to trim it better than I do. I'll pay you, obviously. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, there's money. There's money. <laughs> yeah. 
here, I'll just promo myself then. Okay. That's the promo, French promo. Hey, I, I do a bunch of podcasts. Not lately, though. <laughs> no, uh, there's the Super Fun Podcast. It's a weekly... can't really call it a weekly show. It's been just kind of off and on lately. Sometimes Ryan gathers friends around a microphone and we talk loudly about our bullshit opinions. It's a good time. It's a fun time. Uh, there's other shows that I swear they're going to come back. They will come back. We'll get, the, we'll get Kamen Rider done at some point. Yeah. I mean, my schedule seems to have almost stabilized. Almost. I'll get okay. back to you in January. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have to make sure I don't overbook myself on other podcast guesting situations. Right now, the most consistent thing coming out of the Superfund Network is Pokemon. Pokemon is the rock. <laughs> And you can listen to that. Uh, you can follow uh, all that stuff at Real SFN and uh, at PKMN underscore Millennium. Yes. On Twitter. On Twitter. Go there. <laughs> you yeah. can do it, guys. I believe in you. There, there's my promo. And what about you? Uh, follow me at Vagabond Hunt and on Twitter. I post a lot of memes and stuff. I try, I try to brighten everyone's world with memes. They're mostly sports memes, so I usually can't not, relate. Not that much. There you're right. Was, no, you're right. There's only a few times. There, like, and hell, the last one, the last one I remember specifically posting uh, was a these two dudes making fun of Barstool. Okay. Because I am always down to make fun of Barstool because those guys suck. I hate them. Fuck Barstool Sports. You guys are fucking dude bros who should... Get fucked. This is no. I like this. This is a reverse friendship promo. <laughs> this is hatred promo. <laughs> uh, you you want to know who's who, who? You are who's bitch? Tom Brady, Barstool Sports, Vince McMahon, <laughs> all of them bitches. <laughs> Careful now, Vince McMahon may appear in. What did he turn to? He's a sentient gas cloud that destroyed the world in the future, and so Cyborg John Cena have, had a child to the past. There's the promo. Listen to the interstitial actual play. Yes. Do that, too. One day I'll either win the lottery or get fired, and then I'll have enough time to create interstitial masterpiece theater where I just host everyone else's interstitial actual plays. Awesome. Um... But Lindsay, where can you be found on the internet? At Lindsay M four seven six. That's Lindsay spelled with an A. And you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? I don't know. I can't find the doc that says. Oh my god. At Sparky. It's because it's because I opened up all the Pokemon stuff to do my editing, and now it got buried in my recent files, and it's not there. Okay. Ba 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 There it is. Follow them at Sparky Upstart on Twitter. And at Sparky Young Upstart on Instagram. And you can also follow this very podcast at Not If I Reboot You First. Nope. And you can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N I I R Y F Pod. Those are the letters for Not If I Reboot You First. And they're pronounced War. War never changes. And you can follow this very podcast on Instagram at Not If I Reboot You First. That's all one word. Our hashtag is N I I R Y F. And it is pronounced <coughs> War. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> See it again, y'all. Gundams are cool. <laughs>
I, oh, I never got a chance to put in a finish the fight joke. We finished that fight, and then they made us fight more. <laughs> oh. Why do we fight? Gotta keep fighting to find out. <laughs> Speaking of that, I'm gonna go back and play Halo. <laughs> that shit dropped on uh, the PC. So you can also email us at notafireboutyourfirst at gmail.com where you can send your comments, critiques, criticisms, or... Rations, supplies, please. <laughs> We're so low on the front line. Where is the gun witch hiding? The fucking gun witch. She out there. Kick General Taylor's ass for us. You could even ask to be a guest, but if you do, make sure you send us a hint instead of the entire idea, because we like being surprised. Because yeah. uh, that worked out well. Yeah. Uh, and if you'd like to support us uh, another way, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash first. We can get a bevy of bonuses supporting us financially, including a weekly shout-out for all of our patrons, including Charlie and Cassidy. Thanks, Charlie and Cassidy. And you can also rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. And if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then contact me and I'll try and get us in there. Last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex, a.k.a. Pachu, and her work can be found on ptchew.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. <gasps> Lindsay. Tanner. I think it's you next week. Let me check. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. There it is. I mean, you have a full week to figure out what it will be. Yeah. Yeah, I can totally record the hint for next week. So, next week's hint is... Oh, it's... No, next week is Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Episode two, we said? Tanner, or Ryan, do you want to come back for that? Can I please come back for that? Oh, my God, I want to talk shit about Star Wars episode two specifically. We might, because I feel, this is kind of replacing our people's choice, so I might just put out a blanket thing for people to send in their commentary. Please. Maybe, I'll, I'll, since you're a special friend of the podcast, you can record an audio track and email it in. Yes. <laughs> I have so many thoughts. I have so many. Also, I'll have to... Recently. And I'll have to find time to re-listen to our previous Star Wars episodes that I understand. Yeah. So we have better continuity than when we did the, the Once Upon a Time, and I was just in the weeds, and you're like, why the fuck didn't you prepare, you bastard? <laughs> you had time to prepare! Oh, have people email in their thoughts on episode two. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I just yeah. said. Yeah. 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 You said you're... vocal recording. Yeah. But you Through an email. Yeah. Right. You are a special boy. Send us a thumb drive. <laughs> oh. 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 You'll have to find it at the Medieval Times. <laughs> <laughs> no. Put it in an R2 unit and I'll scavenge it. <laughs> Even though I don't want to. <sighs> Listen, it's so exhausting editing these episodes. I just want to go to Tashi to pick up some power converters. <laughs> <sighs> now this is pod racing <laughs> no that's the wrong episode we need an episode two specific hint next I hate sand <laughs>
Well, what was the quote about... Oh, yeah. So next week, uh, we're going to get into some aggressive negotiations. <laughs> but not... But not if we reboot you first. Bye! But not if we reboot you first. Bye. Sparkle, sparkle. What the fuck was that? Sparkle, sparkle. Why are you sparkling? <laughs> sparkle, sparkle. I hate this. Imagine your logo and sparkling. And scene. <laughs>